0: busy Mm-mm. okay let me run something past you real quick I just had an amazing and beautiful encounter that I felt like I should go ahead and pick up the phone and call you so that we can share on this so lately I've been kind of maybe I'm old school I'm I'm late to the party but I've been going on Cora.com right quora.com. com. i told you about this before and it's a place where people are asking questions some of it looks like people are playing around with it and other others look like they're really truly asking people for like their perspective and help or you know just what have you it's just a platform to ask whatever questions you may appropriate ones right and so i found myself on there because i like to help he my smile Insert kindergarten smile there. And this particular question just sent me on a, wow, that was really amazing. The question that was asked of me was, what should you be doing to reach your ideal self? And it took me less than 25 milliseconds to respond back. And my response was, keep track of what makes your heart smile and what events, personalities, places attempt to steal that smile. Now, let me explain something to you. That did something for me because I realized that I'm finally at the point in life where A, life experiences, circumstances, and all things that have occurred in my life actually have made me such a wise woman, and B, that I absolutely have no regrets. Now, I did not say that I made some decisions that were not preferable to what I would have, you know, suggested I do. But had I had a me that I am now, my mindset, the way that I think, um, had I had that earlier, I think I would have missed the moments to become wiser. And so it made me think about regret and how oftentimes regret is surrounded by, to be honest with you, my opinion of regret is, you did not learn the lesson that was required for you to become wiser in that area. So if you regret dating the last 15 people, um, then I think that you have not become wise in how you should be picking or entertaining someone in an intimate relationship. If all your friends backstab you and betray you, they steal from you, they steal your man, they, they're constantly take, take, taking, then you have not learned the proper sequence to have in your inner circle how to choose your friends right if every job you get you keep getting fired in it um, within a certain amount of time frame where you're almost looking where you're like mm, I already know coming up on this six month mark coming up in on this one year mark yeah it's going to become something and I might as well start looking to the point that you already know let me start putting my resume out now right then that means that you're not identifying what's in you what's either how are you choosing these jobs what is Are you choosing daytime jobs and you're just not a daytime person? Should you be choosing maybe a second shift? Is it the path that you're on in the career field? Do you need to change that? Like seriously, I think that we need to become a better student of our circumstances, right? And so in that, what I mean is the cure to not living in regret is to identify, oh, you came to teach me something that I didn't know prior to this circumstance coming in my life, right? So I noticed, and this is just, you know, again, it's a judgment-free phone call, right? Okay, because I want to make sure you're not, you don't have me on speaker around strangers. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and reveal. I noticed that earlier on in my dating relationships, none of my relationships would last more than three months. And it was so annoying because, I mean, I would have the most fantastic first date. Oh, it feels like I've known you, you know, not just me singing it, the other person singing it mutual. And it feels like, yeah. And then the first 30 days feels like, woohoo. And then this almost to the point that I can look at the calendar and go, he won't be here too much longer. I think to the point that in some of them, I was self-sabotaging because I already knew, sir, you're not going to be here past three months. And what I was failing to identify was, it was cute when you didn't do certain things the first two, three weeks, right? When you said you was going to call back and you didn't, <laughs> okay. You know, I started getting a little the twitch in my eye, but I didn't really make it a big, big deal. Or when you said you was we was going to go out and then, oh, it slipped your mind. Okay, um, then I started getting a little shoulder twitch, like, oh, okay, that's cool, and then when certain things that looked unfinished in his life started reappearing, like, that ex is still calling, and that person you still talk to, and wait a minute, uh, why are y'all still, um, I'm start yeah, then it started, I started feeling my running shoes kind of coming on, and, you know, the laces were loose, you know, I, I didn't tie them all the way up, and then when I would start seeing, oh, um, your personality kind of sucks in that particular area that's important to me and then at that point all the twitching came together and I looked straight like I was in a thriller video (laughs) you know you yeah it was just like okay I can't do it so I noticed I had a very low threshold for continuing to talk about the same thing because in my opinion what I was trying to avoid was having that relationship where it's like well I did all this in the beginning and now you're trying to tell me to stop I wanted to be known and i guess what i was testing was do you care about me enough to change something that i'm telling you early on it's uncomfortable to me and it wasn't huge things like hey i need you to have your hair cut like this you need to gain uh, you know 50 pounds of muscle it wasn't things like that it was just hey i find it disrespectful That I'm trying to get to know you, you're trying to get to know me, and how what you're liking on social media is not that it's an insecurity, but I feel like it's an attention divert, and it doesn't, I don't feel like a priority here. Just little things. And so, I think what selfish people do is they try to make it seem like whatever you're requesting is a big deal. Oh, you need to... This is just social media. It's not real life and blah, blah, blah. And that was one of the major identifiers that I can honestly say I pulled away. The moment that you are telling someone, hey, this bothers me, this concerns me, and it's in their power to fix it, and they choose instead of fixing it to make you the issue, yeah, number one, ding, 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 number one on the, on the family feud. Yeah. That's the number one answer. I'm out. So in one respect, I had little tolerance for people trying to make me the issue instead of fixing the issue. And on the other spectrum, it was becoming a regretful situation. Cause I'm like, what is going on? So what separated those circumstances and those relationships and kind of made me a better woman was I started asking prime questions in the beginning. Just go, I'm just going to go ahead and listen, I care nothing about your birthday. I can care less on what your favorite color is right now The second. I need to know um, some primary situations. A, um, And I was just going to those things that were important to me and I watched more than I allowed my heart to grow. Because I think that we meet kindred people, you know, like kindred spirits, and we feel like, oh my goodness, you know, we have so much in common. I mean, be honest, the only reason why you're continuing to go places and entertain someone is because you have fun with them, right? Otherwise, I don't know what you're doing, and that's scary, but I digress. But you're going out for the fun aspect. So fun is not an issue. I can go out with my 10-year-old daughter and have fun. I mean, seriously, you can go out with a puppy park, you know, and have fun there. Fun is not... And it should not be a determinant in how successful will this relationship be. You need to be identifying very quickly on the things that are important to you. Is this this of importance to this person as well? So for me, consistency was key. And I continued to find people that it just was like, eh, because of, you know, as your generation is growing, I don't think a lot of people are putting their best foot forward in any realm. Be it their career, be it their relationships, be it them bettering themselves, be it whatever it is. It just feels like people are, they're putting C plus work in and life is just giving them a B. And so why would you want to work any harder than your C plus, you know, input? If life is already going to give you a B, why would you try to work hard on a relationship when you already know oh girls in your DMs already? You got, you know, the complex friendship happening, you know, the friends with benefits. So why would you put in the extra effort when a relationship is just a DM slid away? You see what I'm saying? And that is another downfall that happened with a company that I had left. It was... You guys are promoting people who are not putting in A-plus work. You got people who are putting D at best, and then you think that promoting that person up the scales, you're sending such a terrible message in the company. You're sending that one, you don't have to work that hard. Because look who we keep promoting. And then two, you're eventually going to promote D-level people. And so because that particular input was promotable, they will never get to anywhere close to A and B because you promoted them at D-level work. You see what I'm saying? And so when we look at life circumstances and the things that we you know, went through, I think I just want us all to have a different kind of Just outlook on the things that happen. I want everybody to get to the point that they're like, I don't regret anything in my life. You know what actually made me start... looking at that in that light. I remember listening to a sermon by Joyce Meyer. And this is before I got really heavy in like her, her, um, her ministry and kind of like following how she came, you know, about she was from Michigan. And oh, I think it was St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. And so I was following like, okay, who is this woman? Because I kind of like to know where you're from, what you're doing. I kind of I learn better once I feel like I know you on a personal. Like the reason why I absolutely heart Beyonce is because I know her birthday. You know, Beyonce Giselle knows hyphen Carter, September 4th. Something about knowing you on an intimate level just makes me feel closer to you. It doesn't make me feel like a fan or, you know, just a part of the outside circle. I feel like I'm inside. I don't care what nobody says because I know your middle name. You see what I'm saying? And so when I was listening to... Joyce Meyer and I heard her say, you know, that her father has sexually abused her for like eighteen years or for whatever many years she was in the house. And she actually said that at her age at the time that I was listening, I think she was about six late sixties or early seventies, she said, and I quote, I do not regret nor would I change the fact that her father sexually abused her. And I was like I'm sorry. Like, can you literally, okay. All right. So time out. Are you saying that because you feel like it's the godly thing to say and you want more people to look at you like you're godly? But I honestly heard the passion in her voice and her explanation meant, it made so much freaking sense. What she said was, if that did not happen to me, I would not have had the heart for people that I currently have. And the enemy meant it for my bad, but God turned it around for my good. And yes, she prayed for God to go ahead and stop that. But you know what? Whatever the reason, he allowed it. And she never questioned. But she said, looking back, she understands why. And if I'm honest with you, that is what started my healing process. Because I said to myself, if Joyce... If Joyce can say that violating situation, if she can look at that and say, I would not change that because it made me into who I am. We hear that cliche all the time, right? It's starting to get watered down just a little bit, right? But when you hear that and you you know the circumstances behind that, you're like, are you serious? And so it made me look at certain things in my life like, uh-uh, I need to go ahead and 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 forgive my mother i mean seriously it's just time to let go because at this point (laughs) i don't even feel qualified to hold on to this anger you see what i'm saying and, you know, and what life circumstances was doing to me prior to listening to Joyce Meyer say that was I was continuing to look back on circumstances and trying to figure out a a way that that would never happen to me again. So I was making these really, really extreme circumstances going forward. And then B, I was trying to figure out what did I do? What did I do to deserve to be treated that way, to be A, B, and C? And I think that the lyrics to that song is pure torment. I think if you play that record in your mind, what did I do? How come? What could I have done differently if I was if? If I was, my goodness, like, please get yourself out of the torture chamber of your thoughts. Like, seriously. We need to start looking at these uncomfortable circumstances and just looking and said, and I probably said this to you before, what did you come to teach me? Because all of the things that have occurred in my life, for me to be able to answer this person on Cora, who just simply asked, what should you be doing to reach your ideal self? If circumstances and discomforts and just malicious people and people with ill intentions and all the things that I used to look back on my life and cry and say, what happened? What is it about my heart that it just makes me attract people who look at me and say, I want to hurt you. What is it about me that it's just this automatic gravitation to you look like a good heart I can break? What is going on? And you know what the answer is? Now that I can sit in the place of healing and look back, I was attracting to my level of brokenness. I believe in my heart that we all have this, you know, energy that we give out. um, And I feel like we attract people, people, whether they believe it or not, whether they believe in God or whatever their spiritual walk is, I believe that we know that we know. Just like you can look at somebody and go, "Mm mm-mm. You're like, you, your energy is off. I don't even, yeah, this will be the last time you and I speak, whatever, whatever the, the location, right? I remember going to a business meeting the other day and this woman said less than two words. And I was like, we'll never be speaking to you again just because I am real cautious on my energy. She just looked, she was one of those people that when she made a comment, it was like a passive aggressive anger. It was low-key. Like, she wanted people to continue to, to, um, I guess we were staying on one topic too long. And so instead of saying, hey, kind of want to keep this on track, wasn't even her meeting. She just blurted out, okay, some people have to go back to work. And so the person who was hosting the meeting was like, oh, do you have to step out? And she was like, no, I'm just saying, like, some people, you know. And she tried to laugh it off, but it was just like comments of that nature kept coming out of her mouth. So I looked at her, and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, after this wave goodbye, we won't. And sadly enough, I will remember that person. And yeah, because I'm just real clear about my energy. But I feel like if we can just remember the key nuggets that we are picking up and remember, just know yourself to know where are you at healing wise? If you are not at a certain percent of healing, I believe that you'll let anything and anyone in. You may think you have a standard. You know, you won't talk to a homeless person, but you'll talk to a person that's not doing enough for themselves, right? No, you won't talk to, you know, no um, gangbanger or someone who appears to, you know, look on the rougher side of life but you'll make sure you won't even make sure that the person that you're talking to either takes care of their children, pays their bills on time. So no, you may think you have a standard, but you're not really doing the work. The work is if we're really honest, we can detect off back. Am I my best self in order to entertain someone? Because I think that when we're at a level of broken when we're at a certain level of unfinished, because I don't believe everybody's going through a heartbreak, right? I don't believe everybody has daddy issues. Everybody has a dysfunctional family. But I do believe that we all have a level of unfinished business. Because as long as God gave you another day to breathe, you see what I'm saying? You are waking up to finish the business that you have not yet finished. So I think that if we are identifying the areas of unfinished, we need not to attract and make decisions in that area of unfinished. So for me personally, I had areas In my heart that needed to be healed before I entertained anyone because conflict kept coming up in my heart from the past and the present and it was too much pressure that's almost equivalent to building a house from scratch and having a room that is not yet finished but you're determined to decorate it now all pieces of furniture that you put in that particular location that was unfinished now the furniture gets ruined no don't look at the furniture and be angry Oh, you know, maybe if I went and it got suede, if I got leather, it would have, you know, withstand, or if I would have put the plastic on like grandma did in the olden, olden days, you know, the, the furniture would have been protected. So you're looking at the furniture and you're blaming the furniture and you're not looking at the fact that you, you may have made a premature decision. You may have put that furniture in a little, a little too early. And I think one of the blinders to it is just like the home, we're not aware that that area is unfinished at times because the rest of the house looks pretty good right your kitchen looks good one of the bathrooms look good you know the kitchen can be a representation of career you're doing pretty good right you ain't making the money that you that you want to land on retirement on but you know you're doing better than what you was five ten years ago so you know what career wise you're doing pretty well you know, another segment of your life may be, you know what, my friendships are solid. I got to honestly say that. I don't have as much social life as I would like or as many friends as I would like. But you know what, the friends that I do have, I'm cool with. Like, you know, I'm good. You know, um, my bills is getting paid. You know, I'm not completely out of debt, you know. But um, I'm satisfied that I'm able to at least, you know before I was overdrafting $500. Now I'm just overdrafting a hundred. You know, it's progress. It's slow. It's a slow drip, but it's there. But then when you start looking at, yeah, but you know what? It's mold in that area of your heart of that house. Yeah. But you know what? And I think that's where people start beating themselves up. Cause it's like, how come I'm successful in every other area of my life, but this one, And I think that is an unfair question because we don't give ourselves enough room to say, but this is a completely different square footage. This is a completely different layout. You can't treat the kitchen the way that you would treat the backyard. You cannot treat the guest room like you would the laundry room, even though some of us go ahead and I'm not, okay, because I was going to talk about it, but I see you. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and move forward. But do you see the gist of what I'm saying? It is you have to have the necessary patience required for that room. Maybe you don't need all that patience for your career-wise. You already have a picture of what you want. You're successful. I've always had the notion that people who usually were kind of, eh, Um, not doing so well with their heart. They were really, really awesome and successful in other areas, almost to the point that it just came natural to be, you know, successful in that area. And so that's why it used to get so frustrating um, for certain friends that I had and myself when it's like, I don't understand. I'm successful. I'm this, I'm that. Why isn't this working? And so again, like I said, it's our, the level into which we attract It's our level of you know, unfinished business level of brokenness, but to be able to answer this person in the way that I did, you know, my response again was keep track of what makes your heart smile and what events, personalities, places attempt to steal that smile. That only came out as fluid as it did because of my life circumstances and the fact that I have forgiven myself for certain decisions that it was like ah yeah if this was a Mario Brothers game you know if I had uh, you know if this was a Nintendo situation you know I'm not I'm aging myself but you know if this was a game arcade of some sort I would have made a different choice I would have but you know what the choice didn't make me you see what I'm saying. And so when you get that, you start you start to kind of look at yourself different. You start to see, you know, the bruises. Instead of looking at it as bruises and wounds and hurts on your heart, you look at them as war wounds. Oh, I made it. Oh, this right here? Mm-hmm. That was when I made it in 1994. hmm uh-huh. <laughs> You'll be able to tell your story to people like, whoa. It will sound like, you know, the hidden legend and, you know, mystical. And you, you lived through that? Wow. Because isn't that all the reward that we want? At least I want that for you. I want that for myself. I want to be able to see that I outlived any hurt that tried to take me out. The hurt did not live me. I outlived the hurt. You see what I'm saying? And so I feel like the challenge that I want to go ahead and give, because you know how I am. We're not going to just have a conversation. No, I want you to go ahead and put some of this to action. What area of your life do you need to forgive yourself for so that you can wipe out the notion of regret so that you can get to a place and say, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. You know what? I actually can say that with full heartedly. The thing, one of the things that hurt me the most was, and I told you this before, my father not being there. And the first time me meeting him, I was 19. And that was the first and only time. And then at the age of 30, I just had to make the decision to cut the umbilical cord of hope because I didn't want to do it anymore. I would not change him not being in my life because I feel like whatever his absence was supposed to serve is served in my life. And I just had this thought the other day. If God felt like he needed my father to be in my life in order to create the person in me that is needed to get to where I'm going, God would have allowed him to be. But clearly, nothing that that man could have added on to me could have made me great, could have made me or changed me or shifted me for the greater. It probably would have not enhanced me at all. Who knows? Who knows? But that's some of the things that come with just pure forgiveness. You can think uh, a million things. You can think, ah, but if, but if I didn't choose such and such to be my child's father, then maybe the other person would have been there. Yeah, been there and been abusive. Right? We're always thinking that if one decision was different, that the outcome would have just been rainbows and lollipops. No. Listen, I have a situation that my father was not in my life and, you know, the one time meeting him and then wishing and hoping for 30 years, you know, was detrimental to me until I have a close friend. Her father was there her entire life and she wishes she didn't know him because of the things that he's implemented in her. The way that she looks at men. The way that he actually tainted her view of men. Tainted her view of family. You see... You see what I'm trying to connect here? It's like, listen, here you are crying about something. You got somebody else like, oh, you know, that's what that good saying is, you know, um, I cried about not having sh- new shoes until I met a person with no feet, right? So can we all get to a place that regret is no longer a, par- a part of our characteristics, like at all? It doesn't play a a role, a duet, a cameo of no sort in the story of our lives. I want us to all get to a place that you like. You know what? That we laugh back in the face of regret. You know, it says you laugh in the face of danger. But laugh back at regret like, you tried to break me. And guess what? Stronger than ever, sir. Yeah, that pressure built a diamond. Uh-huh. It sure did. And not cocky with it. You know, you don't want to be you know, aggressive. Let's not be, you know, too, let's be humble, you know. um, But just thankful that you know what, it was meant to be this way. But more importantly, this is what it taught me. I love the man that my husband is to our children. I'm, I promise you, I look at him and I'm like, you're the dad I always wanted. Seriously, in the non-creepy way, right? And that's one of the attributes that I honestly, I love about him. Here I am my whole life crying about a man who didn't want me and the man who chose me is a wonderful father. You see how God turned that around? Oh my, I couldn't have wrote that story like that if I tried. Oh my goodness. And here I am trying to be selfish because, you know, my children are not by my husband biologically, but they are our children is how we see our family. We're very much blended, right? But I'm over here making a list. Like, I don't want anyone who has kids. And, you know, um, I'm trying to push away of everything that God is like, hey, I'm trying to make up lost time with you. So every time that I see, you know, he taught my son how to drive. He's at the basketball games with me and my son. You know, he's watching TV with my daughter. He's doing just different games and stuff that she likes to do. It's like I watch him become what each child needs in an unselfish manner. And it makes me look at him like, wow like even saying it now is bringing up you know I'm getting a little choked up but you know I'm thug life for life right and so it's just like can you just let go and let God do it do what he can only do can you look at regret and say "Mm "Mm-mm, I'm not you know I'm not I'm not even going to try to live by this code anymore Pull the lesson out, remove the pain, and just start to live a life that you like, if it was going to make me better, God would have, he wouldn't have allowed it to be absent from my life. And the things that happened to me, they were only here to make me stronger. You don't have to wait 40 years, 20 years. You don't even have to wait any amount of years. You can make the decision now that I'm not going to live by regret anymore. And that hindsight doesn't have to continue to be your teacher. You can let wisdom be the teacher. You can let the pain of others be your teacher. You can look at other circumstances. And even as I'm talking, I'm confident that there is something in you that you're like, you know what? Low key, I did have a little bit of regret about that because, you know, my daughter's father is... (laughs) You know, and you know, that situation, if I would have chose a little bit different, I can sense it on you. But can I go ahead and tell you, you don't have to wear that no more, even on a simplistic level. It may not be a tsunami where it's taking over other parts of your life, but I just want you to go ahead and just put it to rest once and for all. Where when the enemy tries to torment you, you know, I used to go out and see other people with their fathers and be looking at them and trying not to cry at the same time, like, oh, I'm so happy for you. And meanwhile, I'm crying inside because I don't even know what that feels like. No, now if I hear it, I'm like, that's awesome. Oh, good deal. I'm going to friends' weddings, their fathers is walking them down the aisle. Awesome. And with a true heart of just pure joy for the other person and not once thinking, man, I wish that I wish my not even feeling that Do you know how freeing that is so I figured I'm gonna go ahead and pick up the phone and have you where you're like listen can you do the same thing real talk I need you to go back into the chamber of because I know we we go ahead and we lock some stuff up and we we, we bury it real, real deep right because we don't want nobody to we don't even want us to remember it but I want you to be brave enough you know even if it takes one shovel at a time to dig that thing back up with the help of God, and possibly with the help of someone you, you can trust. And if not, the Holy Spirit's there. Don't even worry about it. And You dig that thing up with confidence. You unlock it with bravery. And you look it in his face and you say, I've dodged you long enough. You're free to go now. No hard feelings. I'm not taking any more responsibility for something that I, you serve your purpose. We're done here. Thank you but don't come back over here and you just be done and you leave those shackles right there and you just be free and you take a deep breath in deep breath out and you tell yourself I am free because the Bible says he who is free is free indeed. Do you feel that? I pray that you do and I want this to be a life-provoking conversation A conversation that you look back on and you're like, you know what? I've been dodging it long enough. Yes, you have. Can you be brave enough to let it go? It's bravery that releases. Bravery releases it. When you imprison yourself, no, you become a slave. So, the work is always hard. Healing is the most painful thing ever. I promise you. It, it truly is. You have a cast on, it's itching, you can't take no more. Healing hurts, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, it hurts. Because now you have to strengthen the parts that have not been exercised. You have to strengthen a different part of you in a different way. So I want you to go ahead. You know, I'm a pen to paper kind of person and do the work. Whatever is going to require, make a commitment. I'm digging it up. I don't care how deep this thing is that I buried. I'm digging it up and I'm going to let it go. Because you may have buried it, but it's very much alive in your life. Very much alive. And it's time to let it go be where it needs to be, but it doesn't need to be in your life anymore. So I think you got what you needed. I pray that you're free after this conversation. And I'm going to go ahead and let you go. So as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go be brave. I'm cheering for you. I honestly am. And I'll call you back later. And you can call me if you need me. You already know. You know, I have the whole prayer thing. StrivingInspiredPrayer at gmail.com. So if if I don't answer my phone, you can always email me and say, hey, can I just say something to you real quick? And I'll listen. But I'm here if you need me. We'll talk later. Okay. All right. Later.